of you. Prepared. I just wing it when I get up here, y'all. That's what you. That's what, that's the kind of preacher you want, ain't it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> oh, speaking of being led by the Spirit, I know people that do that and claim being led by the Spirit, and I'm like, well, I guess the Spirit can only talk to you on Sunday mornings, right, when you're preaching, huh? Not that God can't do those things for sure, but I just joke. I like to. I like. I like the to joke around with them. First Corinthians chapter twelve. We're going to do two more weeks in spiritual gifts. So some of you are, are going, oh, and some of you are going, thank God, I'm tired of talking about these spiritual gifts. But the reason that I'm going through all of them is when we first started talking about them, I had multiple people that came up to me and said, I've never really gone through all of them and like really wrestled with them or thought about them much, um, or maybe I have a little bit. And so I just thought, all right, let's do it. Let's go through these gifts and there's also been, I've tried not to be super tedious and just going down a list. There's been other conversations that Greg had on Grayson last week and really good stuff. And John had on one anothering and we talked, I talked about love one week. And so I've tried to kind of balance it out so it's not just going down lists. But uh, we're going to look kind of at a list a little bit in 1 Corinthians 12. But it reveals some really cool stuff about God through the gifts. That's what God's hit me this week a lot is what is he revealing about himself through the gifts that he's given to us. Just, I, I just, I love it, I love it. You can go to the first slide if you want to, Jonah. Um, that's Corinth, by the way. So I just wanted to give just like a slight tad bit of, tad bit of, of background in the sense that when Paul's writing this letter to the Corinthians, um, it's very much a, a Greek city and they have a lot of issues. They have so many issues that most of us probably would have shut their church down if it was up to us. Like, if you go back and read chapter 11, you know, we just read many, many times during the Lord's Supper, as we're doing here, but there's, as we do, you know, every single week, which I just love, I love that, man, I just love partaking in the Lord's Supper with y'all, so good. Um, but anyways, in the midst of it, they, don't, they didn't take the Lord's Supper like we did. They don't have little cups, and they just took a little bite and t- swig of juice. Like, they actually had a meal together. But what was interesting was with the Corinthians, they had little cliques among themselves, it says, little factions and some of them were well-to-do and wealthy, and they were, they were getting drunk and eating as much as they wanted. Literally, they were getting drunk is what it says. While others were going hungry, you probably didn't have quite as many means. That in of itself, imagine what we would do with social media with a church like that these days. Imagine how many YouTube videos about demonic and all this stuff that we post, how we would just crucify the church. And what I love is Paul is seeking to build up the church. He's seeking to encourage the church even though they have a little bit or maybe even a lot of bit of mess. And I think that's, that right there is a word to itself for us, that we have a culture that wants to jump on people and, uh, and you shouldn't do this. Uh. Instead, like, how can I help? How can I serve? How could we grow? And in the midst of that, they have some issues with some spiritual gifts as well, and that's what we're going to kind of talk about. And there's many other issues that they have, but that could take a long time to go through those. So when we get to chapter 12 here, he's just got done talking about the Lord's Supper and the way to partake of the Lord's Supper. And then he says in chapter 12, verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts. So in this letter, there are probably questions asked and things that he'd heard, and now he's addressing these different things. And so now he shifts to now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware or uninformed, which I think is really great. Like, I mean, seriously, like, 
what was happening, obvious, apparently what was happening was they were having some issues with spiritual gifts, and you'll see in 1 Corinthians 14 where it was probably a little bit more about themselves instead of the group as a whole and growing and edifying each other and, you know, hey, look at me, I'm this spiritual, and hey, look at this, and there was problems that were being had, and so Paul just says, listen, I don't, I don't want you to be unaware I don't want you to be uninformed. I want to, I want to, I want to give you understanding on this. And I love that because I think when it comes to spiritual gifts so often, there's, there's two kind of camps. The camps where we talk about it every single Sunday, 360, you know, every 52 weeks a year, and the camps that rarely say much about spiritual gifts which can be for a variety of reasons. Maybe they've ceased or I'm uncomfortable with it or they make me nervous or, or, or whatever the case may be. But Paul would have none of us, I would say, be uninformed about them. Like it is something that we should talk about. It is very important. Speaking of body life. And so he says, you know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed my page. And let us stray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God said Jesus is cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. So he wants the Corinthians to remember their past life and how they went after idols and couldn't do anything. They couldn't speak nothing. And I think many of us went after idols as well. They probably weren't carved, but they could have been people. You want to ever idolize somebody and dress like them and read everything they do or listen to all their music or do this thing. And when you recognize, you're like, wow, I'm kind of worshiping this person my whole life's wrapped around them, right? Or, or a material thing or money or different things like that, that there were these things. But Paul wants them to understand there's a lot that he's talking about here that talks about coming from God, coming from God. These things come from God. And so he wants them to understand if anyone comes in here, Corinthians, among you, and says things like Jesus is, is cursed, you know, things that... that that are against the Lord or, or lower the Lord. Listen, just know that's not from the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is going to confess Jesus is Lord. He is Master. He's going to raise Jesus up. And I love that because it says, listen, you and I can't even say and truly mean that Jesus is Lord without the Spirit. As much in intellect that we have, as much great reasoning that we have, as much learning that we have, we cannot say it. And that brings me to a beautiful place of humility and surrender. That the only, and, and thank you, there's a great song singing today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness too, Lord. Like, that we can only say Jesus is Lord by his spirit. And that's, I think, very important for the rest of what he's talking about. Because Paul's going to set this whole argument up, this whole discussion up about these things come from the Lord, they come from the spirit, they come from the Lord, they come from the spirit. It's not about you, it's not about you. It's about what God's doing. And that's, that's think about that among us. It's about our yielding and surrender to the Lord and what he wants to do, not about what I like and what I want to do. What is, what is he doing? What is he desiring to build up among us? What, is, what does he want to do here in our neighborhood? What is he wanting to do? And it's a surrender to that. And so in verse 4, Paul says, now there are different gifts. Greg mentioned charisma last week. But the same spirit, right? The spirit's the one who distributes these gifts. They come from the Spirit. There are different ministries. That's the Greek word we get from uh, deacon, right? That services, ministries. But, but what, what does it say? But the same Lord. It's almost Trinitarian language here. Uh, and there are different activities or works, but what? The same God that produces each gift in each person. So the works that we do, the services that we do, the gifts that we have, they all come from the Lord. And that that brings up a couple things. One, it brings back, brings up awe and wonder in my heart to go, wow. It reminds me that there are things that I do 
Sometimes we look down upon ourselves, but if we really stu- stood back, we went, wait, that's, that's God working among us. Anyone look down on themselves? Man, I don't know, I'm not too good, or I'm not that. That service, that work that you're doing there, that is God working among you. And I've just, I was really meditating this week um, on the reality. I know it's just simple, but I mean, it's just God just hits you that these bodies that he's given us that, you know, you, our culture might teach you to look down upon unless you look like this or that. I mean, I'm just being real. Like, that's the whole thing. He has chosen to tabernacle to put his presence in this in these so if i'm around oh man i'm this i'm that are you serious he (laughs) he sees us as beautiful created in his image so much so that he chose us he didn't choose a uh at this he is there's no building that he's in now there's no animal that he's he is in humanity And he's chosen to do his service through us. He's chosen to to give his gifts to us. He's chosen to do his works through us. So when the enemy throws you that lie of, oh man, no. It's an awe. God is choosing. Like, I don't think my mind, it can't, can fully wrap around that. But it's growing in that. Lord, continue to help. (laughs) That it's God, the God of the cosmos working among us and through us. That sets me back in awe. And it also has me go, how am I and how are we stewarding that work? Like, is it just like, oh, yeah, God is, you know, he can do some things and I forget. Or am I like going, Lord, I'm, we're seeing the work that you're doing or we want to be faithful in it. I'm in prayer. I'm asking the Lord. And then in verse 7, he says that these things have been given. And it says a manifestation of the spirit is given to each person. So God's spirit is given. So for each of us as individuals within a body, God has given different graces too and it says for what for the common good and we've said that over and over and over and over and paul's going to talk about i will oops sorry about getting that microphone too close to my mouth there um paul is going to talk about and i'll hit it at the end about maturity and growing and i think a key part of maturity and growing especially among the corinthians is taking it from about me into about we and then we begin to see what god would have and so understanding that the gifts that we have are for our common good I'm not going to go through the list of every single gift here, but I'm going to talk about the ones we haven't. I'll save the last fruit of the Spirit for next week and a couple more gifts, and that will end on that. But in verse 8, to one is given, you can go to the next slide if you would like. Thanks. To one is given a message or a word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message or word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So in the Greek, that's a logos of. And I studied, again, the word logos this week and recognized how complicated it is and how many different ways they used it. And, and it can be as simple as a word. But there was also, depending on the philosophical school or whatever you were a part of, I think when John writes that the Logos became flesh and dwelt among us in the back of his mind, this is my personal take, is that he's thinking of the divine reason in some of the philosophical schools. Like this, this divinity actually came and dwelt among us. And it made me think about this and, and to recognize that the origin of these wisdom, the origin of knowledge is this divine reason, this mind of God. It comes directly from God himself. It's not from human reason. And what's really interesting is that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, early in the letter, he brings up this idea that he's going to make man's wisdom foolish. 
He's going to make his intellect, his understanding, that God's wisdom and God's knowledge is basically so incredible. This is another thing that's hard to wrap my mind around. is so much higher than us and all of our glory and all of our wisdom and all the things that we think that we can you know, achieve to or reach. It pales in comparison to the wisdom and knowledge of God. Which makes me go, wow, he wants to give us his wisdom? He wants to give us his knowledge? See, I'm tired of seeing the church or people view the church as on the back burner of wisdom and knowledge when the church should be on the front lines. People should be looking and going, whoa, dude, did you, did you see what, what, what the, what the wisdom? Did you see the knowledge that this person is operating in? Because the, the knowledge from God is so much higher is so much higher. It's like, you can go to the next slide. Like, I, it reminds me of, like, you know, Solomon and that, that issue whenever the, the one lady sleeps on her baby and the baby dies and she goes and grabs the others and tries to steal the other lady's child. And, and Solomon, in his wisdom, in the wisdom of God, that only comes from God, says, well, then cut the child in half, which is horrifying for me even to say. Like, it's a horrifying, but he knows what's going to happen. He's wise. Of course, the lady who it wasn't her child is like, well, okay, hey. You know, you just, some of those people, you know, whenever you just, when you're going down, you're just like, let someone else, let's drag other people down with me. It just makes me feel better. She's like, fine, if I don't have a son, you don't have to have a son. She doesn't have to have a son. The other lady, of course, the mother says, no way, you know. And what happens? The people marvel. Like, what, this, what great wisdom has God given? Guys, I think that, that, that God graces us and gifts us with these words that can use that can be very very pertinent to us and our situations and our jobs, sometimes we're s- scared of gifts of the spirit because I don't think we understand them. It's really as simple as maybe you're having a situation at your work, and practical practical purposes, ask the Lord. So like maybe you have a situation you're trying to figure out and solve a problem, and go hey God, do you have a, a message? Do you have a word of wisdom for this situation? Instead of like getting worried and not and just and just listen to God, God may say, "Boom, have you thought of this?" And you go, "I have now." And you may tell your coworkers, "Hey, have we thought of this?" Oh no, dude, that is that is that's great. That's wise. See, an expectation that as a group of people, God is giving His wisdom through us in a very practical way for the very practical things that we're doing in life. The next slide, if you go to the word of knowledge, it reminds me, and there's, there's many aspects of this, but you know when Jesus is talking to that Samaritan woman, and he's like, go call your husband, and she's like, well, I don't have a husband. He's like, yeah, of course you don't. You have, you've had five, and the one that you're living with right now is not even your husband. Like, God had given this, this knowledge to Jesus, and over the course of this conversation they're having, it impacts the Samaritan woman in such a way that she runs to Samaria and just has to tell everyone about him and prepares the way. And so recognizing that as we are having conversations with people, as we're in situations, God, do you have something that I need to understand for them? Not so that I can go, well, look what I got. <laughs> so you're, you're, someone's going through difficulties and you're just spending some time and you're talking with them and maybe... Maybe all of a sudden, like, their father comes into your mind, and you're like, I don't know. What I do in these situations 
or maybe you ask God, is there, is there some kind of knowledge? Is there something at the root of this that, that I can help with? And just listen. But if maybe that crosses and that, that hits in, in your mind or a little whisper in your spirit, what I do is I test it out to see if it's from God or not. I don't go, thus says the Lord, you're blah, 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 blah. That's, that's me. I say, hey, do you have a father? It just, I just have a conversation with people. Yeah? How's your relationship? Oh, it's fantastic. Man, I grew up, I go, hmm, okay, was that from the Lord or not? I might, or they go, I've actually had a horrible relationship with my father and blah, blah, blah. And then I could go, well, hey, I don't know if this is from God. I want you to pray, but maybe there's something here that I felt like in my heart that there was something there. See, God can do that for us. He wants to reveal his wisdom and he wants to reveal his knowledge. And again, I'll say it again, I really believe the church are called to be on the forefront of this to where people marvel, marvel at the wisdom and knowledge that we have. I love it, love it, love it. Go to the next slide. I'm not going to read through all of these because, again, we've, we've already talked about them. Uh, healing and miracles. I'm, I'm pairing up some of these because I just felt like the Lord was really showing, me, show, showing this week I just, this revelation of the characteristics of God, how God is a giver, how God wants to give his wisdom, how God wants to give his knowledge, how God wants his body to operate in these things. And I, and I think of healing and miracles, and I think of Jesus and how when Jesus walked on this earth, what did, I mean, he did plenty of healing and miracles. And he's telling the Corinthians, at least here we know, he hasn't stopped. He hasn't stopped healing people. He hasn't stopped doing miracles. And it shows me the heart of God, that God is a God that does desire to bring healing to this broken world. <laughs> like, the, 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 he, the, that's, that's the type of God that he is. God, God's a, a God that, that will show himself if we're truly seeking him, like he will. There's things that he will do if we're, if we're pursuing him. And how does he do it? He does it through us. He's telling the Corinthians, God's doing it through you. That, that word for healing has to do with physical healing. I don't know if it's totally, um, if that's all that it has to do with. I don't, I'm not sure that it does. But that there's different types of healings. And physical healing is something, man, that, that's really, my heart breaks. I have asked God for this gift to operate in it a lot. You know why? Because I'm tired. I just don't feel like it's being in operation as much as he would like it to be. <laughs> I'm just being real. Like, I see it as a need. Like, as I've kind of been that kind of person in my life. I'm like, well, where are the gaps? Well, I'll do that. Can I do that, Lord? <laughs> and I've cried out, like, God, Lord, I just, I just, I feel like there's so many people. And I just, there's a compassion that I have for people that are going through these things, and, and that's, that's the heart of God. It's for others. It's not for us. It's for us to go, God, is, man, where are the places of healing that you want to bring into people's lives and, and surrender ourselves to God? If, if you want to use me in that way, I, I really want to because it's this interesting dynamic where, you know, he says that the Holy Spirit distributes the gifts, but yet Paul also says, but, but earnestly desire or seek or go after it's a, it's a combination thing, and I think that that's a beautiful piece. Like, there's this idea where, yes, it only comes from the Holy Spirit, and yes, it's his choice, and yet we're given the freedom to say, well, I want to, I'm going to go after that, God. Maybe he says no, <laughs> but I'm going to still go after it. I'm going to pursue. He's a God that wants to bring this. He wants to bring healing and restoration to our neighborhood and to our families and and uh, I just I think that that's really cool what Jerry says. Some of those miracle type moments or big God moments he even talked about this morning. That God, God does those things, y'all. But how does He do it? He does it through His Spirit, through His body. He has chosen to use us this way. You can go to the next slide. 
I'm going to go fast here because we talked about discernment, but he specifically talks about discerning of spirits, which means that there are different types of spirits. You know, there's the Holy Spirit, there are spirits from the enemy, and that there are people that that may not, maybe you don't always have these great words of prophecy or whatever, but there's a gut check that you have when someone delivers some of those, or maybe a group of people were headed in a direction and there's a thing you're going, you know, there's just something that's not sitting right with me. Anyone ever experienced that? That might be discernment from God, y'all. You've got to pray about that. And uh, it's important because there are times whenever I think people have the gift that we're afraid to speak up because we don't want to be pumped the brakes. Anyone ever do that? Do you ever feel a check and you're like, man, but then you're like, well, all these, those people are good. And I don't, you know, I don't want to, I don't know what to say. The church needs you. The church needs some brake pumpers sometimes or some, and some push forwarders, you know, or maybe, yes, that's from God. I just feel, and I just see God's hand all over that. I just want to say, I really believe that it's from the Lord. It doesn't, it just is, doesn't have to be this. I always say, you know, keep saying, thus says the Lord. It's just like, hey guys, I just, I don't know. I'm just feeling this, man. I'm just feeling God's hand on this. And I want to encourage us with this. You know, if you have that, if you've got that, you like use it. Don't keep it to yourself. All these gifts, don't keep these to yourself. If you feel like God has gifted you in healing, please tell me because I might have you come pray for my kids if they get sick and I need it, right? I'm being real. Like it's, it's not to be held within. It's to be, and it's not about being arrogant or whatever. It's just to, to share and to, to participate together in this. God wants us to be able to discern. Next slide. And so the last one today is one of my favorites because it freaks everybody out. And, I'm, and like, it's so fun because like, I come from a background where people speak in tongues all the time. Like I've come from churches there. I've also been to part of churches where no one does as I've grown. Like it's just, I've been a part of all kinds of different ones. And I think it's so fun because I, I, I just have been a part of churches where someone says the word speak in tongues and I can sense the tension. Like it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, I can be part of churches where it's like, it happens every day, so it's kind of fun. Um, yeah, so this one's kind of fun. We even talked about it this week, Greg. Greg and uh, Justin, were hanging, we were hanging out and brought up this, this, um, this gift. And so, tongues and an interpretation of tongues, um, I will say, bef- I, before I get to there, on verse 11 is very important. I've mentioned it before. This is one and the same spirit is active in all of these. It's the activation of the Spirit. The Spirit is active and distributes those to people as He wills, right? You may be given gifts that you don't like, and it don't give you the ability to say, well, I don't want to do that. I ain't a foot. That's not a good one. Oh, man, God, you want to give, give me the gift of tongues? I ain't taking that one. <laughs> That's for the crazies. I think the best way to look at tongues is to go quickly through a section of 1 Corinthians 14. But before we get there, reminding ourselves that when the gift of tongues was given, what was the first time it was given? Yes, Pentecost, exactly, Acts chapter 2. And when that happens, what happens? Men begin to do what? Speak in other language, and they're testifying to the glories of God. And people step back and go, oh my gosh, how in the world? These men did not know these languages before. How in the world could they do this? What does that share with you about God's heart right there? That his message is for everyone. His, he intended, he desires his message to go to every tribe and language and people and nation. 
He desires, I just, I just love that, man. He, lo- he desires to give his wisdom and his knowledge and to heal and restore. And just, it's just, I just think it just makes, I've just been in awe at just the beautiful person of who God is. And, and so we know for a fact that that is speaking in tongues. It was really interesting. Again, when I was talking to Greg, I was sharing that tongues was something that was, if you look through church history, you see it pop up here, there. But then around 1900, it goes boom, and like it's all over the place. And most of the folks that um, use the gift are in the like charismatic, Pentecostal, you can call them whatever type of a um, denomination, or some will say they're not denominations, whatever. But even within those groups, there's stark, there's differences, and there's been divisions about like the gift of tongues and what it actually is and how it goes. Like you may not know this, but a huge division back in the day was that some people said it is human languages and God gives it for um, evangelizing. And some say, yeah, it is, but it's also a heavenly language or can be a heavenly language or an angelic language or something like that. And there's division like on those things, which is why like in 1 Corinthians 13, when he says, when I speak in the tongue of men and of angels, some people will be like, yeah, I mean, he's just saying, even if I could speak in angelic tongues, where the other side says, well, no, it's because we can, all right? Y'all study this. Think about it. I, I, I love it. And so in, in, let's go over to 1 Corinthians 14, and we'll go through this, not the whole chapter. Don't get too worried. It's only 11.01. How about that? Man, I got like 30 more minutes. I ain't going to do that. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> I've learned over time the, that people start tuning you out and get to your point and don't just go down a bunch of rabbit ho- trails or no one will remember what the actual point was that the Lord wanted to share. <laughs> Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. I know that I read that um, at the end of when I talked about love in verse uh, chapter 13. I'm sorry. But again, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, and especially that you may prophesy. So there, Paul's calling us to go after, to desire these things. It's not something for us to go, well, yeah, I don't know. For the person who speaks in another tongue, or in a tongue, my, I'm reading the Christian standard today, but and it adds that word. Another tongue is not speaking to people, but to God. Since no one understands him, he's speaking mysteries in the Spirit. So Paul's talking about as the gathering of believers get together, that when someone is speaking in a tongue, he's saying that, hey, no one knows what you're saying, bro. Like, I'm just being real. So this is where, again, some people will say, well, that's because he's speaking Spanish or Portuguese, and none of us here can speak that or whatever, but some of us can. So I should have used some other languages. Anyone know Japanese? Can I use that as an example? A little bit? No? I took two semesters of Japanese, and it was so hard I quit. I was just like, I'm done with this. I can't remember any of it. But other people will say the reason that Paul is saying this is because there is an angelic or private kind of prayer language or whatnot, and that he's saying that when you're speaking in that, no one understands what you're saying again. But it does say that he speaks mysteries in his spirit, okay? On the other hand, and he's going to like compare and contrast prophecy with speaking in tongues, and the reason he's doing this is probably because people were getting up and speaking in tongues for long periods of time and stuff in the, in the, in the church gathering. On the other hand, the person who sp- 
who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and consolation. So when God's giving a word, when there's someone that God has given a message to, to reveal his heart, then it's for, what does he say? It's something that's encouraging, it's strengthening, it's building up the body. It's a good thing. But in verse 4, it says the person who speaks in a tongue, another tongue, builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So whenever someone's speaking in tongues, it's saying that there is a spiritual strength that you're getting, but that it's an individual thing. It is something that, you know, that you're, that's building you up, but everybody else doesn't know what's going on, is not building up the body, which is why he says when there's a, a word given from God that it builds the church up. It builds up the group of people. It's at this point that we could be so quick to go, well, pff, forget that gift then. That's not important. Let's not do that. And yet Paul says he has his, all, he has this great little balancing that he brings because I think he probably is so wise that he knows that's going to be the thing that comes up. Well, then just throw it away. And then he says, well, I wish that all of you spoke in other tongues, but even more that you prophesy. And there goes the, the, the balance and the idea of like, he's not saying, and he'll actually say later on, um, don't forbid speaking in tongues. Like he's not, he's not saying like, hey, just throw it out. But on the flip side, understand that as we're a community of believers, there are words that build up the body. The person who prophesies is greater than the person who speaks in tongues unless... He interprets so that the church may build up. Interpretation of tongues. So if someone were to say, well, hey, you know, John gave this word, and then Larissa gets up and says, this is, I believe this is what the Lord is saying through that, then that makes sense because we're actually building one another up. And I've been a part of churches that do that, that if someone says, uh, speaks a word in tongues, they're adamant that if they gave a word, there better be an interpretation <laughs> because you're not just going to get up and do that. I've been a part of other churches that used to do that, but that became too complicated and scared everybody away, so they stopped doing that. There's something to that, and Paul will say later on, if you're all just speaking in tongues and no one's interpreting, you're going to think you're all crazy. It's true, right? Verse 6 says, so now brothers, and actually, you know what, forget that. I'm going I'm to skip on down to verse 13. There's a whole conversation that he has about making distinct sounds and like, the flute or harp, and if you don't, if you can't play distinct sounds, no one's going to know what. No one's going to know what. Gre what uh, Greg I was looking at Greg. What Bruce is playing on the guitar? If he's just going, blah, 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 you know, he has to play chords and, blah, blah, blah. or everyone's going to be like, "What the heck are you playing, Bruce?" That would be a, that would be a jacked up thing. Matt grabs his guitar, someone or someone that doesn't know how to play gets it, says, "I'm going to lead y'all in worship." Da, 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 da. You're like, "Oh Lord, Stones River's gone so far. They just let anyone do anything now." They let me preach, so, I mean, that's the saying. <laughs> but he talks about that idea, and he's, he's relating that to tongues. No one's going to understand. He's just kind of reemphasizing that point, unless you have something intelligible for people to understand. In ver I'll go to verse 12, actually, instead of 13, and say that he says, so also you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, so they were zealous, they were going after spiritual gifts, Seek to excel in building up the church. Seek to excel in those gifts that you're not thinking only of yourself, but you're thinking of the church. 
Verse 13, therefore the person who speaks another tongue should pray that he can interpret, saying, if you're going and you're speaking in, in tongues, that you are to pray that there is an interpretation. For if I pray in another tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What then? I will pray with the spirit, and I will also pray with what? My understanding. He doesn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. He says, I will praise in the spirit. I will also sing praise with my understanding. Otherwise, if you praise with the spirit, how will the outside, outsider say amen and give thanks since he does not know what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, that makes a ton of sense. This is super practical. Someone from the outside comes in, someone's going off in tongues. They're like, what the heck is going on in here? Right? I've seen that happen. I've been a part of churches where that happened and people walked out the door. They were like scared, didn't know what was going on. I mean, just being real. I've lost my place here. Thank you. You may be very well giving thanks. You don't know what you're saying. You might be very well giving thanks. But the other person is not being built up. And then he goes again. At this point, you're like, well, just forget that gift. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, right? It's like he just goes, here we go. Paul's brilliant. Yeah, the Lord really, really gave him some insight and wisdom. Yet, in the church, I would rather speak, like, this is extreme. Like, he's being, like, I'm, I'm just going to lay, lay it down, y'all. I would rather speak five words in understanding in order to teach others than 10,000 words in a tongue. That's a lot of words. So I would rather speak five words that would help you all out than someone stand up here for 30 minutes speaking in another tongue or speaking in tongues. This is, I think, really a big piece of the crux of it and also will help us in understanding, I think, God's heart for all the spiritual gifts. Brothers and sisters, don't be childish in your thinking but be infant in regards to evil and adult in your thinking. Children are selfish. Oh, many adults are selfish. <laughs> but I tell my kids all the time, any, anyone go through this? Like, bro, you only think about yourself, don't you? Anyone ever say that to your kids? Like, I mean, just be like, hey. I mean, like, I would pass out if one of my kids did a chore that I didn't ask them to do. Anyone, I mean, maybe y'all have some great kids. Someone just decides they're going to go clean up the dishes after, and I need have to ask them. Yeah, they do, they, they do their stuff, but I got to ask. Even when I pay them to mow the yard, sometimes Jonah, I have to bring it up three or four times. I'm trying to teach him that it's, that's not going to happen anymore. If you have a job, you got to get it done. You got to plan your week out. Make sure there's not going to be rain. All right, sorry, let's not go down that bunny trail. Any further, that's right. <laughs> So, but that's the way a child thinks, right? And when, when you, but what happens when you, like, grow into an adult? What happens when you become a mother or a father or an aunt or an uncle? You know, like, you recognize oftentimes, oh, like, there's this moment. I remember when I became a dad when I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, my life revolves around this child now. <laughs> it doesn't mean, I mean, it doesn't mean hitting me like, like a ton of bricks. Like, I can't just go do what I want whenever I want anymore. You know, it's just the reality. You don't have to have children or aunts or uncle or nieces or nephews or anything to be, to be like that. But I'm just using that as an example. And as you're an adult, you begin to, whenever you begin to mature and become an adult, you begin to, hopefully, if you become a mature adult, let's say that, 
you start thinking of others in the way that your life is impacting others and how you can help others and how you can build others up. It's not just, 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 just about you. Well, it's the same thing with spiritual gifts. And it's an issue that the Corinthians are, are dealing with and why he's talking about tongues and interpretation of tongues this way. Great, I am glad, Larissa, that you, that you can speak in tongues and that you are spending all morning speaking in tongues and building yourself up. But what, what does that mean for the rest? Like, great. You know what I mean? That's a childish way of thinking if you're not thinking of others as well, if you're not thinking about how to build up others. If, that's why I say, like, in my early years, if I felt I had a word from God, I would have probably been a whole lot more strong. And, and maybe some of you will say that you're wrong. That's okay. I don't care. God's saying this. Let's go. Blah, 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 blah. And now I think whenever I've gotten a little more mature, I recognize this is a body thing. It's not an individual thing. And that if he has a word, then he will confirm it with other parts of the body. So it's a little bit different. I often go, I submit this to my brother and say, hey, I submit this to you, John and Greg, Megan. Can you all be praying about this? I was just feeling that this might be from the Lord. And then they can go and they can pray about it. But that's thinking about us, not just me and my gift and me operating in my gift. I can, be, I can have a gift of teaching where I'm very childish in my teaching. Anyone ever experienced that? I have, there's some people that have done some wonderful things that will try to teach others or deliver teachings that really are childish and immature, even though they have some good information. There's a difference when it goes from being the spotlight on you to a maturity where the spotlight's on the student. And then you begin to go, that is the heart of God. But hey, listen, you got to start somewhere. Like, I don't want you to beat yourself up because like, you have to start as a child and you have to grow. So if you are experiencing that and you sit back and you think about, you know, all these different gifts you know, pastoral gifts or teaching gifts, gifts of hospitality. Oh, you could make hospitality all about you. Yes, you could. <laughs> you could be very childish in a gift of hospitality, making sure everything's perfect and so worried about what people think about you, even though you have the gift inside of you. But asking the Lord to help you to grow, helping us to grow into that mature maturity where it's about it's, it's about us. It's about us recognizing that what we do and our actions affect others and the graces that God gives us affects others. And that's what Paul's talking about here. I think that's good. There's some other things that he talks about with tongues and stuff like that, but I'm, um, I think that that's good. I think that's a good place to end it on. So I'm just going to encourage us as we kind of end today to not only to 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 consider the gifts and recognize that these things are for us. That burying gifts and burying talents and stuff like that is, is hurting the body. It's hurting because we're like, oh, wow, we could really use that part. If we're unsure about certain gifts or unsure what our gifts are, it's the body. Talk to the body. Like, let's share. Let's, let's pray. Let's wrestle. Like, it's so hard. We, our culture is so ingrained, this individuality in us, and I really believe that it, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts the body. We have to be willing to ask for help. We have to be willing to be vulnerable. We have to be willing to look not that smart. I'm just, I'm just going to be real. Like, there's, there's people that won't ask questions because they're afraid they're going to look a little, they would say, I'm going to look a little dumb if I ask that. 
you know. Uh, I remember I wasn't really following the Lord, but not getting baptized till I was 18 because I hit a point where I was like, well, I'm going to look stupid if I'm 15 and I'm a youth, youth in the youth and I'm not, hadn't gotten baptized yet. It was all selfish. But I'm glad I didn't because I went off the rails a little bit there. <laughs> but, but being willing to, again, to be vulnerable, to look like, to, to, to ask these questions with us and one another and, well, let's do it. Like, this is, this is such an important part of being part of the body. Father, uh, first of all, I thank you. Thank you for the gifts and I thank you that you've, for the revelation of who you are that you express through your gifts that you express that you want your word to go out to every tribe and nation and people and language, that you express that you want divine, the, the mind of Christ, divine wisdom and understanding to be filled in the church, full in the church, discernment and healing and, and miracles, that, Lord, that you are a God that restores, that you've come to bring healing, to restore us, that you restored us back, that you didn't come to break, you came to heal and restore, God. Father, I just ask that you would help us to very, just authentically, really operate as a body the way you would have us to. That, Lord, if there's anyone here that has, as we've said multiple times, have le- allowed their flame to kind of to go out or just a little flicker there, that, Lord, that, 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 that you would just blow on that, that Holy Spirit, that you would even reveal, show us right now if there's some people that we are to encourage that we, we should call out, that we can call out those giftings and others and even help them in those, Father. That we are a body that just is serving and helping one another, building one another up and glorifying you and that the world, Lord, would marvel at the unity that we have. That they would marvel at the way that we lay down ourselves for each other and that we care for each other and that whether it's someone starting a business or whatever, that we are helping and we are all in with one another. Lord, I just, I love it. And I thank you for growing us in that. And I ask that you'd continue to grow us deeper in Jesus' name. Amen.